Welcome to the Points Performance Podcast with me, Tom Blake. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Tim Cocker. Tim is a member of CrossFit 3D and many, many other great things. Tim, we've had a we've had a good podcast before and I had a load of good feedback from it. Can you uh, introduce yourself for those who don't know you, mate? Yeah, Tim, uh, radio and TV presenter. Uh, so I chat for a living. And so, yeah, this is like a, an extra little string to the bow. Just chatting on your podcast. Thank you for having me back. And, and today, Tom, should be, well, it is the start of a new rugby season. And I, I work on the on the rugby for BT Sports. So normally I'd just be focused on that. It'd be like Christmas Day for me. But there's a lot of other things in my mind. Hence our chat today, Tom. Well, hopefully you, f- you get a lot of things off your chest today. And um, you feel a bit clearer when you're going into focusing on rugby and the egg chasing. My, yeah. uh, my lad's just started playing, well, just started playing rugby. Watched his first game the other day for his new team. Who's his new team? Uh, it's a team. It's a team in Saddleworth where he lives. Um, but mate, it was hard to watch. <laughs> and I don't. So? I don't like rugby, but it was hard to watch. They're just a new, brand new team, aren't they? Brand new team, just getting together, just starting to uh, learn about each other and how they play. So, no, it's, it's good, man. It's, it's, I think it's a brilliant one for uh, for, for kids to do all, all the normal stuff which you get from all sports and stuff and discipline, teamwork, and all of that. Um, but the, the, the sort of social side and the, the backdrop of rugby, I think it's, it's good values. Yeah. They've got um, a great set of coaches and a, a, a love, a lovely team of lads as well. And great parents as well who all bring, uh, bring the kids. So yeah, I'm really happy. I think it's yeah. really great for him growing up and I'm really, I feel it's one of those things you feel really good about. Like you're not, you don't really worry about, um, so yeah, it's going to be nice. Um, well, well it, but it is kids that are on our mind, isn't it, Tom? Yes. Yeah, it really is, mate. Um, because you know, you know, you're a dad, I'm a dad, um, and you know, not not many minutes pass through your day without thinking about your family and your children. Like when you when you're at this point, um, because most things you do all relate back to that. Like you do things, you know, you work hard for your family. You you plan your day around working hard so you can provide for your family, and you want to look after them and keep them safe. Um, and keep them happy and, you know, help develop them the best you can as a dad, because that's your job, isn't it? You know, prepare them for the world. Um, and there is a very um, large, dangerous sort of threat that's started to appear. And um, it's come in the shape of this man, you know, looking at mandating this, well, not mandating, but pu- pushing this vaccine towards our kids, um, trying to get 12 to 15 year olds to take the jab. Um, yeah, mate, it's very scary. Very scary. It is. And like you say, I, th- I think you just hit the nail on the head saying overwhelmingly your, your urge, the second they're born is to protect them, to make sure they're all right. And, and every parent knows that w- with a heartbeat, you just, you'd give your life up to me- if it meant that they were safe. And that's, that's just our wide. And, I, and that's a beautiful thing. That's an amazing thing. So when you're faced with a situation where, you feel like there's their safety might be to a degree out of your control. And I don't want to whip it up and hyperbolize because I can imagine some people might listen to this and think, well, there's not a lot of risk involved, but it's just the fact that you as a parent might, might not have an element of control, which you think you should have. I mean, for one thing, and I imagine you're probably the same. Both my children have had all their inoculations, all their childhood vaccinations. And uh, I did that because I want to protect them. Yeah. And also there's 
decades and decades and decades of information, data, reports, science that backs up that those inoculations are safe and they provide certain protection for your children. Whereas with this one, one, statistically, children are absolutely completely immune from getting hurt by this from this virus. There are no children who are suffering. There's like eight eight children or something in the UK under a certain age with com- with comorbidities who've, who've, who've died from with COVID, not from it. And that's really important with COVID within 28 days of a positive test, you know, so it gets pretty, pretty cloudy around that point anyway, but no children are dying from it. Um, and from looking at other countries data, we've started to see young men in particular suffer from myocarditis, their heart, uh, heart inflammation, damaging the heart cells and when cells of the heart die they do not repair they'd never recover they're dead forever they do not come back um and i'm so all right in saying is- that, that um, i mean some children get this heart inflammation and it and it sort of recedes and although like you say there can be long-term issues but uh, it, it can be short term relatively but it, it has an overall um, effect on life expectancy yeah and the main thing is mate as well as if you if you look at it we haven't got any long-term data anyway so that we can't actually say oh that goes away in a year because no one's actually suffered it for a year no one's actually had it for a year or you know no children really anyway firstly can you can you believe we're here having this chat no mate i really can't well i <laughs> Um, I've got a friend um, who came from America and did some coaching at my gym and he just completely like opened my eyes to all this sort of stuff. I was so naive. I didn't have any idea that, you know, government was this corrupt. The only one little instinct I did carry with, I've carried with me all my life is that there's an illusion of choice with politics and it is just like division and you're red or you're blue and it's just to divide us and it's just like an illusion of choice it doesn't fucking matter if i vote red or blue or whatever because ultimately whatever's going to happen is going to happen and those at the top will make it happen anyway um, but other than that I'm, you know i had no idea that all this sort of stuff was going on and then it was quite like a painful thing really like it was like a bit learning all that all this was a real thing and it's sort of like I'd, I'd, I'd recently watched Black Mirror before and, and then when I started watching it and I was like, oh shit, this is happening now in real life. Like it's, it's starting, it feels like an episode of Black Mirror. If, if you haven't watched Black Mirror yet, it's out of date now. Don't bother. Yeah, you've, li- <laughs> you've lived it. You've lived part of it anyway, um, especially the, and, and if you can look at, the uh, the social credit score system episode with this with the stars and the likes which is like an app where they like each other and stuff with the uh, what's that pretty ginger girl called can't remember her name oh the one who's in all those one from movies Jurassic with Chris Park. Pratt Jurassic but uh, yeah 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 I can't remember her name but yeah yeah that one she's in um, yeah it's pretty scary um, it's daunting mate however one thing I do really feel is that the the media can just make, they can just package things up so that it looks so scary. And it's not. I've got a great example of that, mate. And again, I'm, I'm quite sort of in tune with this because I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the media. So Occupational I sort of, hazard. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but one great example is 
Um, it was it was the Washington Post and a, a woman called Leanne Wen. Now I, I could get into the fact that she's been linked to have um, funding from the Chinese Communist Party, but let's let's not go into that because it's irrelevant. That is it's an actually, important detail, but yeah. <laughs> the, the story was that the the CDC, so the, what's that? The Center for Disease Control disease in control. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. The story was they released they released some data saying sixteen thousand children had been hospitalized with COVID. Again. As you said, children at very low risk, like infinitesimally small, and the the people that do seem to be affected have uh, other issues, um, which makes them more susceptible. Uh, she wrote after that story in the Washington Post, and it got widely shared. Uh, COVID is a major killer of children. Now, just seeing that that written down, I can understand. And if you're a parent, that sounds absolutely terrifying. But if you look on the CDC list of causes of childhood death it is so far down like you have to scroll and scroll and scroll to find it but she just took that one little bit of data whipped it up and you had a story which then got spread everywhere and people crap themselves uh, and parents um you know it's our, as we've been talking about it's our job to protect our children but if, if you take that to its logical conclusion, if, you, if you're that wired for danger, then you wouldn't send your kid to school. You, you, you wouldn't let them go to birthday parties and sleepovers. You wouldn't let them climb a tree. You know, it's like we, we risk manage all the time. And you're right. The media is complicit in this. It is, it, and, and I don't. And yeah, you can get into conspiracies about why. But ultimately, the traditional media are dying slowly and. Yeah. If you get clicks, then you get then you get to keep your job, and it can be it can just be as as simple as that. But but the job of us as parents, I think, is to is to trust, just stop absorbing it and yeah. employ a bit of critical thinking. I yeah. think there's a there's a culture of safetyism and a culture of fear, which we've just got to snap out of. As and it's yeah. our job as parents. It's very negative, isn't it? Like with um with CrossFit coaching, you always try and coach the positive so it's never don't do that it's always try that move that it's always a positive and like we only ever look at the negative in the media it's only ever this many people are dying it's not like it, nothing's ever pos positive is it it's always fear it's always division it's always fear one thing i've seen on um on youtube especially lately if you look at any like any video the, the guardian the telegraph um any sort of big youtube page fox anything cnn whenever it mentions anything about vaccine mandates passports or anything like that there's always a huge um dislike to like ratio so the likes will be very very few and the dislikes will outnumber it by 10 20 times the amount more than that so it shows you like even though we don't agree with it. And even though the media is dying, it's still getting eyes on attention. It's still getting attention, still getting hundreds of thousands of views, millions of views, even if we don't like it, even if we don't agree with it. Yeah. But when it's, when it's, when you're bombarded with it constantly, you, you feel really alone. <laughs> I've, I've felt alone so much. And even on this one with the, I, th I think this is the one point where I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of people starting to stand in the in the in the trenches with you a little bit because when when kids are involved 
I think the mindset completely changes. And I, I think particularly, I don't know if, whether you've seen in the last couple of days in America, Anthony Fauci, who's the, you know, the head medical advisor to the president over there, he, he said that they're going to, they're going to hopefully be uh, authorizing the injection of um, babies from six months up to 12 years, have that authorized by November and have it rolled out in the new year. Unbelievable. I, I don't know if you, I, I know you mentioned that you'd listened to my last podcast with Steve Owen Sue um, and their sort of, their, their theories and, and ideas and, you know, some of them that I agree with as well, but that is, a, that sounds so sinister to me, mate. Like it's just nowhere near necessary. Yeah. The, the, the tough thing with it all. And again, I never stop asking why that's the one thing I look at it all. And when it doesn't make sense, I just keep thinking, why, why? Mm. And you know, I want to believe it's all incompetence, but I wouldn't rule out anything else. But what I, and again, maybe this is part of the fact that my sort of job at times is to be a journalist. I, I only focused on what I can prove mm. and what I can prove. And on, on the thing with the kids is, and this is official data. This is actual, you know, data that, that and this is the sort of information which the, the JCVI had when, they made their recommendation to the government that on balance it's probably not worth uh, giving 12 year olds uh, a vaccine 12 to 15 year olds it i think for every 1 million injections it stops i think it was four hospitalizations and one death but on the flip side there is a 1 in 6000 chance of heart inflammation in boys of that age. Now, but it didn't say, it didn't say with the death, and you know, it's, it, we've seen this so much over the last year, people go, when you talk about uh, death and stuff, people think it's heartless, like, oh, what, you think it's okay for someone to die? No, of course not. But what it doesn't say is, was that, is that one death that you've prevented from the 1 million injections, is that someone who was completely healthy or was it someone who has other issues? And, you know, my, my cousin died when she was, you know, a, a baby um, days old. Um, my mum's cousin died when he was nine. So, you know, th there's been examples of this, so I'm not heartless to it. And it yeah, feels, and, and this is one of the things that people throw at you when you have these conversations as a way to try and try and shut you down, but discredit you, they try and discredit you by saying that you're not compassionate to, yeah. to death. But and obviously one but 1 million injections stops a death. One in six thousand injections, heart um, heart inflammation of a boy of that age, which could lead to an early death, which could lead to a very poor quality of life. Yeah, one one of the metrics they use in medicine is um, quality of life years, and so when you're triaging people or deciding, oh, shall we spend half a million quid worth of treatment on an eighty-five year old? Uh, probably not. And the difficult decisions are made in medicine all the time. Whereas you might actually go on a, on a five-year-old. Absolutely. Because we've got a lot of quality of life years spread that over. Um, but yeah, potentially one in 6,000 heart inflammation. You don't know how many quality life years are going to be cost. If, if every, if every one of those teenage boys that gets that, or, and it happens to girls as well, but th th that's the number for the teenage boys. <clears throat> if every one of those boys, you know, dies on average five years sooner that's a hell of a lot of quality of life years 
No, it, it really is, mate. Um, and, you know, we, and this isn't even going into like the, the efficacy of the, the vaccine overall. And if you, and it, it is un, undeniable now, the data that comes out of places like Israel, where they've got 90% of the population vaccinated um, and they're all responsible for the cases. There's a, there's a the huge, huge um, percentage of them that are responsible for the cases. I think it's 70, 78% of double yeah, vaccinated. And, uh, and again, a lot of people would say, and again, just trying to look at a critical eye on that, well, they've got the highest vaccination percentage in the world in Israel. Um, but it, a, f- a couple of weeks ago, the data, well, one study showed you're 13 times more protected by natural immunity than by vaccinated immunity because it's waning and and it's uh, the, the variants are escaping the vaccine which is what some people pr- predicted would happen if you vaccinate during a pandemic and the, the latest study from israel 27 times more protected through natural wow. Im- immunity and um, you're now considered unvaccinated in israel if you've had two injections unreal it's unreal and like normal like science from school you we all recognize that if you get a disease and recover from it you'll have immunity from it and like and and particularly when we when we're talking about kids this is this is where i i get to is like we can see the data kids and thank goodness the one saving grace out of this issue is that it didn't affect kids can you imagine if it was something which affected kids worse than adults. We'd then my kids would be staying indoors and I'd be finding different ways to and live. That, and that's the thing at the minute though, we haven't, the, no children have been affected, but it's like, well, we're putting them at risk because we don't know about the long-term effects of this vaccine. Obviously we discussed the short-term effects of um, this, this heart inflammation that we're seeing in young men. But other than that, like, there's, there's, there's no real data. We don't know what's going to happen long term. We don't know yeah. about fertility. Well, we know in Israel, the most vaccinated country on earth, that they're basically working out that it doesn't, the current vaccine doesn't really work anymore, or yeah. or or its or its effectiveness is way lower than they anticipated it would be. And do you know what's really odd? When I t- when I discuss this with people who who were really really pro vaccine, um, and then they go, yeah, well, that's why we need the booster. And I'm like, well, if two haven't worked so far, why would three? And apparently they're even discussing number four. Well, they're on to number four in Israel. They're on to number four. Like I say, you, you have to have had three to be considered vaccinated and the, and the vulnerable people in Israel are on to number four. Um, uh, but, the, but, you know, that, that's adults that can all make decisions for themselves. Um, yes. And I've got no problem with that. But just when you look at it and you go, all right, Children aren't affected. And there's even some, there's even lots of scientists have been saying it would actually be advantageous for a child to catch it naturally and build up that natural immunity. Now, that would be good, not just for them, but for everyone. Yeah. Because they're so, um, the, the risk is so low. And you say kids aren't affected. Well, I'll, I'll give you some other stats about kids, which, you know, concerns me when I look around. Eating disorders. OCD, general mental health issues, things like Tourette's, the use of antidepressants in five to 16 year olds has gone through the roof. 
through the roof over the last year and a half because, yes, they they have been affected massively. Massively, mate. It's not it's not been the normal. It's not been anything like normal for them, and you know, and you've got to like think long term what the what the repercussions going to be like. Suicide, depression rates through the roof. Well, and they're watching their parents struggle, not have any meaning in life because they they're not working or they've got job security. Inflation's kicking in, so their their parents are arguing or breaking up or struggling. Yeah, or. or relatives of theirs are, are, are dying of cancer sooner than they would have done because they haven't been able to get treatment there's and and yeah. then it's you know posters that tell them they might kill grandma yeah not it's being able to see, and not, not being able like... to see their mates smile because they're behind a mask for eight hours a day there's just yeah. it, it, that, that's this is the stuff that bothers me so much this the the negative health effects from fear are really really sort of un, under um underestimated the, the the psychological pain and and stress that fear puts on your body is immense it's horrific it's draining it, it completely drains you um it's, it's like and if you look at israel as well like they're the you know highest vaccination rate they're so compliant because they are living in constant fear constant bomb alarms going off and get in the shelter and follow the follow the guy with the gun and the beret because he's going to lead you to safety because there's a bomb going off or we're getting raided. They're just living in fear all the time. So they're so compliant and they'll do whatever they're told. And now, like, it's... You could say that it's bit them on the ass because there, there's been a big antibody-dependent enhancement situation going on and they're... Well, I've started for exactly the reason you're talking about is because I, you know, sometimes I'll spend, I know it's I'm spending more time than I should looking online and uh, thinking about stuff. And I, I have time on the train every day and quite often I'll just sit and sort of stuff will go through in, in my mind a lot. So I've started, I've started um, reading some of the Stoics. Marcus Aurelius, you aware of him? Yeah, I've got the Daily Stoic, yeah. Oh, have you? So yeah, yeah. So Marcus Aurelius, what a dude! His book of meditations and stuff, and the one, the one that I, the one I think about a lot, which just you popped into my head when you were talking about, um, you know, constant fear. It was the, the one that it says, uh, "Be like the cliff against which the waves continually break, but it stands firm and tames the fury of the water around it." And um, and that's how I'm, that's how I'm trying. I'm failing a lot of the time, but that's how I'm trying to live just to be calm, know, know what I'm about. And, and I think also that that works because like you say, there's a lot of fear about, and those people that are really scared, you can't, you can't reason with these people. You can't, you can't have a rational conversation. No, the people, the people that you see little viral videos of who follow people around supermarkets shouting at them because they're not wearing a mask. They're just projecting their own fear onto other people and they can't cope with their own fear. And so I, I look at those people now and just sort of imagine what must it be like to spend a day in, in those shoes. And mm -hmm. I pity that I pity them a bit. So rather than trying to change anybody's mind about anything, I just, I know I've got to kind of be an example. Yeah. And I think when, when you're the sort of person that, that looks confident and stands tall and is 
sure of yourself, then I think actually people gravitate to that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think it, you go through a sort of progression with this sort of stuff where you're like, you're trying to point out um, to everyone the meteor in the sky that's coming towards us. And it's like, oh shit, look, look at this, look at this. It's so obvious. And everyone can't, you know, one, one in 10 people can see it. And then eventually you, you start to realize that you can't convince everyone but the ones who are who are with you, like you said, you have to show like a bit of bravery and show some courage around to instill some in them as well and just be a good example. Yeah, I think that's it. It's like um it reminds that was that little meme you see of the of the dog sipping tea in a room that's oh, yeah. um, everything's fine. <laughs> burning. This is fine. This is fine. And um there is a lot of that. So just so going back to the, the, the kids thing, that's one of the lines that I drew months and months and months ago maybe even like start of the year. Um, I drew two lines in the sand and, and I said it out loud to, to my wife, to, to family members. I said, my two lines in the sand are, I'm not showing papers or whatever version of that is to do anything in my own country. If other countries make rules, I have to live by them. If I go to their country, cause I'm a guest in their country, that's fine. But I am not going to, show any papers to do anything in my country because that just that's just that happened in the 20th century and we're not that kind of place so i'm not so i I said i'm not doing that and the other one was they're not they're not touching my kids and those are the two lines that i said and when i when i said that to my best mate and to my dad both of them said as lots of people did won't happen none of that's gonna happen yeah and now when I reminded the other week, when I reminded my best mate that he said that won't happen, he denies completely that he ever said that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, I, I'd say that like, he's probably a little bit embarrassed. Like at least I would be. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. but possibly, I don't know whether, I, I think that's the way that it's crept along. Like, tiny little steps at a time or two steps jump jump back jump back three forward oh no it's not that bad we're coming back to two it's it's happened without people realizing yeah mate temperature down and up down and up down and up until it just gradually increases loads loads of other analogies like the the frog in a boiling pot of water boiling whatever boiling bucket of piss at the minute like a i've got a like a family family chat group mentioned this before and um I'll send them some credible data from the government to confirm something I've said to them or warned them of. And there's just no response. And uh, I was with um, I was with my brother, brother the other weekend. And uh, I was like, do you, do you see now that like everything I've said, it was right and it's come true? And he's just like, I'll never admit it. I'll never admit you were right. Obviously, it's very childish with, with me and my brother. There's very there's only 15 months between us both, um, and obviously I'm the one who won all the fights, so he doesn't want to admit that I'm right about this as well, and that I've beat him on this as well. So it's like I'll never admit to you that you're right, and you know other family members did they they either come up with excuses as to why they've done what they've done, or they just can or they just like I don't know, I just want an easy life. Yeah, I think it's a bit of that that last one. Um, my brother's 15 months apart from me, actually. Were you really tight growing up? Yeah, yeah. Super yeah, close. Yeah. I mean, we are we are pretty close. Like we talk like 
got a couple of times a week still, and even though we're both busy with families. Um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed... Um, it's only now, with retrospect, when I chat to other people, I really love how close in age me and my brother were. Because um, I think we, it's quite a unique relationship you have, particularly two boys, I think, yeah. of that age gap. But um, no, I, I think the the alternatives are so scary to consider, aren't they, for a, for a lot of people? And... And, and uh, you know, uh, family members, uh, friends of mine, uh, I think we always put our faith in the fact that the people that have power and, and control are, are of us and are, or represent us or whatever have our best, only ever have our best interests at heart. And uh, it's, it's scary to think otherwise. It's scary to feel like you're an outsider or you're going to be ostracized. And I, I know on our last chat, Tom, we, we talked about, you know, masculinity and, and oh, we could do with some strong men right now, couldn't we? Well, well, that's the thing, mate. It's, there are a few, there are a few, um, and we only need a few, but like we, we talked about like society last time, it sort of got us to the point where there are only a really, really small amount because the society's, the modern man that society's produced it, they're all incredibly weak. They're all, and I don't mean physically, I just mean minded. They, you know, they, they don't have many strong core principles. Um, they're not willing to speak the mind. They're not willing to stay strong. They're not willing to say the, the thing that's hard. They want to conform. They want to fit in. Um, and it's like these conversations with my family. Like, even if my brother thinks I'm right, he's got comfort in knowing that there's four other family members who sort of agree with him or, you know, agree with what he's done and make everything he's done okay and better. Whereas the hard truth is the minority. It's the, you know, it's 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 not the easy thing to say. And there are fewer of us saying it, fewer and fewer of us saying it. But I, I still think there are quite a lot of people out there in, in whole who do feel like us. Um, many uh, will yeah. speak it, but then even more who just don't have the courage, quite have the courage to put their hand up yet. Well, I sort of, count myself in that in that latter camp generally i i'm i've gone very much inside and you know i'm someone who has a quote unquote platform of some kind and i just ha i haven't wanted to i haven't wanted to put myself out there in that way this is one of the first times i've sort of said like the kids is a is a line that, that i'm not crossing but i'm saying that because i'm actually thinking i there's a lot of people who are like that there is a lot, Loads. and and now now's now's the time. I think now's the time, and now's the moment. Especially if they're even going to think about going younger. Well, no, actually, my twelve and thirteen year old. That that, that I mean, that's, yeah, it's enough, mate. It's enough. That's I mean, enough. As soon as he was eighteen and under, um, you know, because yeah. when my son's eighteen, he's still going to be my baby. He's still my boy. He's still, yeah. you know, even when he's twenty-eight, for you know. 48 if I'm still here. But, but I guess um, our job as parents is by that time they're, they're adults and it's our job is to to help them to make the right decision for them. And you can't, you can't coddle them when they're no, adults as well, but, but they're, they're our responsibility until that point. And certainly when they're much younger than that with the sort of young people and the strong men and all, all that sort of thing, strong people it's like, wh where's the rebellion at the minute? That's, that's what gets me. It's like when you look, but when you look back through history, it's always young people. Yeah. That are the sort of drivers it's, of it's uh, hard to, but think about the media now tim it's hard to think that 
that's actually exactly how it went down. Like that's, is that exactly how it happened? Because the winners write the history books and it's the media who write the history books. And what we've seen in the last year or two from the media is that they are completely complicit with an agenda, the government and the media together. Yeah. But like the, 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 whether it's civil rights movement, whether it was the mm. anti-war, um, you know, the, the, hi- the hippies in the 60s, mm. free love and all that, and um, the people that protested against the Vietnam War, that was all students. Yeah. Just that, that was, it's always been, and when I was young and when I was a, like a teenager, I was really idealistic and wanted to change the world. And as I've got a bit older, it's more, no, let me just focus on your world making me better and and being a good being a good example for uh, look at kids mate look if you like go and if you look if you looked at college kids now if you look at university kids now they're not the same the the their ideology has been completely changed like that i you can tell from talking to someone for, for 10 minutes that they've been to university in england because they are yeah, they they are so aligned with left leaning sort of thinking, and like instant gratification of social media as well. It's like that sort of I want it now, not grafting for it. And actually, that just reminded me. So, um, good friend of mine uh, runs a like a, a training company, and they do a load of corporate training and um, for councils and stuff. And their their most popular course, and they've probably updated it so the word will be different now. But their most popular course over the last many years is was was called how to manage millennials which i think has probably been changed to gen z or whatever now but how basically how to manage the young people coming into your workforce because <laughs> they've been so hard for people to manage because soft but what i think and it's really easy to say this when you're when you're a bit older and you know that we'll get called boomers for saying it by people listening but um yeah, I mean, I, I I've seen this with people that come in and that they're they're on internships or, you know, come in for a quick placement. They just they they expect it straight away. It's like, why haven't I been given a promotion yet? Why haven't I got this job? Oh, I don't really want to do that. It's like, roll your sleeves up or do one. Oh, go on, we, mate. I'll get someone did, else and he it. wants it. But but that like like um, oh, well, I bet you just jumping into like your CrossFit world, but this, this would go uh, across all sorts of sports and disciplines as I bet, I bet very, very few people in the box think like that because lift, lifting weights or, or doing things like that, that, that is voluntarily putting a hardship on your body in order to grow and grow and be better. You'd be surprised, mate. You'd be surprised. Um, you know, you'd think that, and there are a fair few people who are you know who were like that but it's like societies there's just been a big shift mate and um i think that the desire and need to be parented and looked after from people and you know for someone to make everything okay is great at the minute and that's why it's like no they wouldn't do anything like that they'd never do that can't be harmful can't be harmful to kids i'd never give it to kids if it was harmful i don't care what i don't care what the government is I don't care who the government is, where it is in the world. You do not want them to be your parent. No. <laughs> Jeez, well, that's but what it's it, like. It's like, yeah. govern me. Govern me. They look yeah. after me. They can't do that. 
oh, if that was true, it'd be in the news. You know, all these stupid things that people come out with to make themselves feel better or to discredit critical thinking. And, and it sounds like we're trying to say that we're better than people. No. We're not. And, and I really mean that. We're not. It's just... The, I, I, ju- I just want responsibility yeah. for myself. That's yeah. it. So if I, if I mess up or if I do something, if I do something great or I do something terrible, well, that's on me. Yeah. That's all I want. And, and what you can think about, like, if you, if you put that in relation to vaccination, we've seen that people with the vaccine can give it, take, get it, give it statistically more than people who haven't had the vaccine in certain, in certain you know, studies. Well, the, the natural immunity, rec- people that have recovered after having it naturally have a longer lasting and stronger immunity. That, that is just yeah. fact. Fact. It's absolute fact. So as far as that goes, it's just personal, it's personal preference. And if I get struck down by the dreaded COVID-19, then that's on me, isn't it? That's a that's a hundred percent on me. It's my issue. And I want that responsibility for myself, just like I take the responsibility for my own body to be healthy, to get in the sunlight, to drink loads of water, to eat good food, to train my ass off. How has no one mentioned, how how in the last year and a half has no one, has that not been government? Not to act as a parent, but just to come out and go, right, here's what we know. You can really help yourself if if through the darker months you take vitamin vitamin D supplement and you, you get yourself in shape. But if you look on the, if you look at it, they've done exactly the opposite because it was close your business, put yourself under financial pressure, stay indoors, don't communicate with people. You're not allowed out more than five kilometers from your house to exercise. You can't go to the one gym. hour a day, one Absolutely. hour a fucking day. Everything that would make someone less healthy, everyone that would diminish someone's mental fortitude. It's completely against health, mate. So it, it, even if you're like, oh, they wouldn't do that intentionally, that is the result. Well, yeah, okay. And I would, you could say, oh, that was, that was, uh, that was fear and that was ignorance last year. But we're in September now, about to approach the, the months without much sun. No one's mentioned vitamin D now. I've, t- I've, I've said to my, um, I've said to my parents, you know, have you got your vitamin D supplements in? Just, and that's not conspiracy theory stuff. That's just common sense based on the medical understanding that we now have, that we're fortunate enough to have. So I've got vitamin D in my cupboard. Yeah. As far as like supplements and medicine goes, there's been a bit of a a funny thing that's happened with um, the biggest podcaster on the planet. Oh, yeah. Mr. Joe Rogan. Who uh, I really love his podcast, obviously the Mint, um, and I've listened to him, watched him on the UFC for God knows how long. I'd hate to think how long I've been watching him on that for. It's been a long time, but he got um, just completely bullshitted in in the media in America, the left media, CNN, I think it was. Got COVID at one of his shows. If you listen to his podcast, basically he does his shows. He's knackered, goes and gets leathered. Um, with his mates playing fucking pool till like four in the morning, feels rubbish. Has a COVID test, he's rough, and then he starts smashing. Um, test, test positive, sorry. Then he starts smashing vitamin C, 
um, all the stuff they gave Trump, basically. Oh, the monoclonal antibodies. That was monoclonal the antibodies, ivermectin. And that's the one that really tipped them off because they wouldn't even say it on CNN. What they would say is that... Yeah, I can't believe you're saying that. Horse dewormer, Tom. Come horse on, get your, turn, get your turn right. When, when um, ivermectin is has been used for 40 years on over 4 billion people. And I think it won the, a Nobel Prize in 2015. Yeah. 2015, and it's on the on the WHO list of essential medicines. There's only about um, 20 of them. Yeah. So really, it's actually, uh, you know, it's got quite a big background. It's got a lot of data behind it. Um, but because it's a treatment because it's a treatment that's that looks like it can be used for COVID. And if you look at countries like Mexico, it's really effective. And um, uh, Japan have just started advising using it. Yep. So if you look at countries like that, Japan, Mexico, Mr. Joe Rogan, um, it becomes a therapeutic, it becomes a treatment for COVID. And what it does is it takes away the reason for vaccination. And that's why it's completely demonized in the media by CNN and all those. I, I've got no, I've got no problem with any adult consenting to anything, including whatever medical treatment you want. Yeah, you may, if, if of that's course, what you, you do what you health. want, do meth yeah. if you want, mate. It's exactly. your choice. Exactly. It's, it's your choice. However, but, if there is yeah. another treatment out there, like you need to understand that these emergency powers and this vaccination is in place because that they think that oh sorry they think they say there is no other treatment. However, there's heavy heavy evidence that there is another treatment now, or has been or always has been another treatment, and that's why yeah. they want to demonize it and make it make out that it doesn't work. And at least I think if you had. Um... You know, if for for your parents or in some cases people's grandparents or stuff, if if there was a treatment that could potentially hurt them, wouldn't you want that to be able to be used as well? Whereas I, there's, I don't think doctors in the UK or certainly in Australia and, and other countries are allowed to even offer it. And like you say, this is something which is perfectly safe for humans. Even if it did nothing, having it wouldn't hurt them, wouldn't hurt people. But no. they've been banned from using it and it's cheap and it's free. So yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense. And so much of, um, so much of all this doesn't make sense. And, and, and the, the kid thing doesn't make sense. I've, I've got a little, it is a little dilemma. And I, I cause I honestly don't know what, what I would do in this situation. I, I was listening to a, a different podcast the other day and, um, and one of the guys has got a 14 year old and a 16 year old and they're both really sporty, a son and a daughter. And his son is the elder one, 16 years old. And he's got a shot at scholarships with through baseball. And this this guy was saying, you know, I taught him to throw. We'd stand for hours and throw and catch. And I've seen what what sport has done for him in terms of discipline and teamwork and um, uh, developing his body and developing his mind and all of these things. And now he's in a state in America and he doesn't have the ability to move because he's separated from his wife and the kids live with her. He's not... It, He's in a state in America where his kids have to decide between getting a vaccine and being able to go to school and do the sport, which could be their pathway to scholarships, degrees and stuff, or give it all up. And the dad is kind of where we are, Tom, just saying they don't need to. But he's also got this, like, how do I tell my 16-year-old son 
no, you've got to give all that up. Every all the things you've life. worked on for Every, ten years, just thought his, mean, about that his whole meaning in life. It's really tough. I mean, like you know, me and you looking at it, we can be we can say, well, you can't be a world class baseball player with a heart condition. Um, and but that you know, it, it's but it's incredible. But then a lot of people say, tough, well, five thousand nine hundred five thousand nine hundred ninety nine teenage boys won't get won't get a heart condition. Um, yeah. But do do you want to roll that dice on that one chance? It's just an impossible. And and like we said again, mate, we still have no long term data. The trial isn't over yet. So can we get, you know, you'd look at every avenue, mate. Can you get um, a religious exemption? Can you become a Jedi Knight? Can you do something to, you know? I guess the point here is it doesn't make sense that that is your choice. No, it doesn't. How, how, How are we in a situation where that is a choice someone has to make? You can't, there is no choice to say, I'm I'm uh, I'm in possession of all the information, and I'd like to wait. Yeah, yeah. I, I just cannot. Mate, look, fathom if you look that at that's... it. There's, there's professional footballers who uh, uh, there's there's so many instances like of of athletes and so on who were who were getting ill from this jab, who were having heart conditions, dropping on the pitch. There's loads of them. You, you have to, all you do is go on duck duck go, start searching. There's loads of it. There are examples of high-level athletes, incredibly healthy people, the 1% in their sport, 1% of the 1% in their sport, getting ill from this jab. Why would you want to jeopardise your career? You would never do it. It's like, you know, you'd never put a dodgy creatine in your body for, for um, you know, the risk of getting popped by the, the drug testing. The drug testers, USADA, WADA, whatever it is, you wouldn't have a dodgy pre-workout. Never mind some dodgy vaccine that hasn't been fully tested on humans. For a- what would you what, what would you do in the situation of, of, of that dad? I, I just I, I can't I've I've, I've sat and, th- and the reason the reason I bring it up is because since I heard that it's just gone round and round in my mind like God. Well, what- the only thing I, the only thing I could personally relate it to, mate, is I had a chat with um, my wife like a little while ago um, about all this sort of stuff. And it was quite early on, and um, she was of the opinion that if she had to, if she had to take it to go on holiday with the family, the grandparents, and so on, she would. And she didn't know everything we know now. And now, and, and now she's like you and I. She's 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 got all the data. She's she feels like we do. But at the time, I was so upset and frustrated and worried, and I couldn't sleep because I was thinking. Fuck me, I could come home from work and she could have had it. And, you know, she's the mother to my daughter. She's the stepmother to my son, you know, which she's a, a huge part of our life. She's the love of my life. I don't want this to happen to her. So I could probably, I could probably like relate a little bit, but your little boy, it's fucking awful, mate. It's absolutely awful. And I'd, and I'd probably be the same. I'd probably be like, look, son, don't do it. I'd probably say don't do it. Like you're you're incredible. You can be anything you want to be, but don't don't do this. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if if it was someone wanting to make that call for themselves, that's that's fine. There's like you, you live with the consequences of, of your own decisions, whatever they are. And as I said earlier, that's all I ever want. I just want to be responsible for me. And 
I don't want to abdicate that responsibility to any government or anyone else. It's, you know, if, if I want to eat 5,000 calories a day and get 30 stone, that's, that's, that's on me. But uh, yeah, it's just, I, I just found that particular conversation or like an important, just, I just kept going round and round because the lad's 16 and you're sort of, he's going to be in a situation where his whole meaning in life as it up to this point is going to, it can just be taken away rather than awful rather than saying you don't have to it's there if you want to and that's what people in the uk will say a lot a lot of people would, would listen to this and hear these conversations and go they're only being offered it so they're only being offered it but this kid's been given a choice take it to play ball yeah uh, and, and, and could that and could choices like that be ones that kids have to make in the uk before long like and and again my best mate who said to me at the start of the year vaccine passports and kids being uh, in, uh, getting vaccinated wouldn't happen. He'd probably say to me now, no, nah, that won't happen. You won't have to make that decision. But Mate, you've seen the memes. You've seen the, the <laughs> yeah. posts. It's just a mask. It's just social distancing. It's just another three weeks. It's just a vaccine. It's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just the vulnerable. It's just the over 50s. It's just all yeah. adults. It's just two yeah. jabs. Do you remember it's that? Just, it's just, yeah. let's just vaccinate the vulnerable. And then we'll I mean, all get back to normal. And the the elderly something we we need to touch on as well because like um, I was listening to this interview the other day with um, a funeral care um, director, funeral director from Milton Keynes, um, and he was discussing his experience throughout the pandemic and he goes through what happened over the last two years. So he's approached by the BBC; they want him to put out some propaganda, answer these questions. Here's your responses: um, wear a mask with your apron or apron and all that sort of stuff. And then it sort of that sort of switches him onto it. He's worried about COVID. He thinks he might get it, especially when he's dealing with all these dead bodies that are supposedly going to come from this pandemic because he's thinking, shit, I'm going to get infected by all these corpses and whatnot. It's him, his wife, and his embalmer who he works for. I think he used to work for the co-op and now he's got his own business. Um, and he said when they started, um, when all this, well, just before the first wave, just at the first wave, what happened was that all these elderly people started coming into his funeral home. All these elderly residents of funeral homes started to die. And what he said was that they were being given a drug called midazolam, which is a euthanasia drug. Um, and they were put any, any elderly people that were in care homes that had any symptoms were put on DNR, do not resuscitate orders given less water and like barely any food, um, obviously do not resuscitate orders. And they were given this drug called midazolam and heavy amounts of it. So if you dig a bit deeper, Matt Hancock did actually order like a ridiculous amount of this drug from France, especially a certain town in France in the September prior to the pandemic beginning. It's like, I think it's like two times the usual amount or something like that. Yeah, and I've watched I've watched the Zoom call where he where he discusses it. It's a real thing. Um, so he says he sees all these elderly people coming in, and that was the first wave. And it makes sense because the average age of death from COVID is 82 in men and 84 in females, in in, in ladies. 82 and 84. So it makes sense that it was all these ancient people in care homes 
who were just living out the last few months or year of the life. Is that, is that the, that's about the average age of death full stop, isn't it? Or even a bit more? Well, the, the, the life expectancy is 78 in men in the UK and 81 in women. So it's above, a couple of years above the uh, life expectancy, the death from COVID. But, you know, these people who've got a bit of money and they're living out the rest of their lives in the care home or the family's paid for it, like, they, they, it, it looks like they were put on this care plan and um, ushered into the night quietly. That's heavy you know, stuff, that. And it, oh, it's, it's, it's real it, heavy stuff. And, 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 and you, know that, stuff. you know the response you'll get is, oh, that's just an anecdote. That's just one guy saying it. Yeah. Yeah, is- and then but then you look at some some of the other things he says as well. I don't, I don't, I'll I'll put a I'll put a, the link to the interview on here. Um, obviously, it's not on YouTube; it's on Odyssey. Um, but then he says it went quiet, and then when when they started rolling the jab out, he saw he's seen a hell of a lot of even more than ever bodies than he's ever had of um, people who've been double vaccinated. And uh, you know. It's obvious that people who are double vaccinated are getting COVID and dying. Um, but I'm I'm likely to believe that the government are lying about the amount of people who die or they're, they're fudging the numbers or they're saying, you know, they're not counting vaccine deaths until after 14 days and a bit of trickery like that lying with statistics. This is all obviously speculation. Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And um, uh, I'm just in my, I'm, I, I'll definitely look into it. I just I, the the, jour- the journalist part of my head just goes, "What can you prove?" Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think there's going to be, well, I don't know. Like you say, history is written by the victors. Will, will, will all this come out in time? You, you, you'd like to think, I, I, everything will come out, and I really hope it is all. Um, incompetence and not malintent, but it just—I mean, the the one thing we sort of mentioned it earlier that at the start of the year I drew my lines in the sand. The two things I'm not going to show papers to do anything because I'm a—I was born a British citizen, and and one of the things about this country is we're all free and we're all autonomous people, and yeah, you know, we don't, you know, within the law you can go and do whatever you want. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to show people stuff to do anything. And secondly, it's the kids. But I, I wish more people, and I tried to get I tried to get my dad to do this. I said, said, what is the point at which it would go too far? What what is too far for you? And I, I just I, I w- wouldn't get an answer because I think once you once you give an answer, then you've and you verbalized it, then you're then you're accountable to that. Whereas actually that's that's a scary thing to do to say. So I just wish more people would at least, even if it was even if your line in the sand is being walked into a gulag, fine. But you've you've said at the point at which you will say no more. They've got to. Yeah, like mine's the, the um, mine's the the my family. Yeah, that's you know, it. The, the FEMA the FEMA camp shit. That line's quite you know. What's the what's the FEMA camp? Sorry. <laughs> the point where the unvaccinated get sent to a camp, mate, to protect. Oh right. And I mean, like. One thing I want to point out is as well is if you look at like, if you look at medical medicine in the past as well, it took five years for the connection between thalidomide being taken by pregnant women and the birth defects and miscarriages to be linked to the drug. Like, 
So even though we don't, we, it's muddy at the minute and we've got this anecdotal sort of information from nurses, doctors who aren't being paid, of course, um, you know, funeral care workers, healthcare workers, and then just general people who were like, oh my God, my fucking arm's gone purple and I can't use my shoulder after the jab. Or, oh, I've had a miscarriage after the jab. And these are all real, real things that I've actually been told by members of my gym. Like, we haven't had enough time we haven't had the time. We haven't had the right enough injections. We haven't. We don't know the long term effects. We do not know. We haven't. We haven't had like a full year after where we can look at the amount of births we've had, the amount of miscarriages, the amount of stillbirths. We don't know what it's like on fertility. So, when people tell you it's safe and effective, they don't truly know. Well, but but when yeah, again, when it's adults you people you're responsible for your own decisions you make you make your decision and you you take your choices and you take yeah. the consequences what, whatever that decision is but th- that's where i just come down on thank goodness this isn't dangerous to healthy children and that is the data bears that out everywhere in the world and whatever wherever you and look, make healthy is, children that, that loose a loose term mate because i see plenty of fat kids running around tesco who were who shaped like Homer Simpson, and it's like they're not they're not healthy, and they're still fine. Like it's yeah, it's it's a, it's literally in the in the dozens or something yeah. the amount of and children who've been you know th- there was okay. So what what I mean by that is if if there there might there are certain children where they think they they might have uh, conditions which make it more threatening. Fine, yeah. that parent with the with the help of their doctor yeah. can make that decision, but. Generally, generally speaking, thank goodness it doesn't hurt uh, children. So let's wait. Yeah, just wait. Just wait. Well, I think I mean- there's, um, there's actually a campaign um, which is called Just Wait. And uh, I, I like it because it's not like... It's you're not, not like, saying no. You're not you're saying not absolutely no. absolutely have yeah. it ever. Or you're going to... Oh, Bill Gates is going to microchip you and all that yeah. sort of bullshit, which completely turns people the other way. But it's like, let's just wait. This is the sensible approach. And like you've, you, you hear it with from doctors. Like I've, I've spoken to. Like sometimes it's just best just to wait. Don't treat anything when we don't know what it is yet. Let's just wait a little bit and see what happens, because it's not deadly, dead like super deadly pan, like pandemic to to ninety nine percent of people. So we don't have to jump on a treatment straight away. You no. don't have a paracetamol because you think you might have a headache. And it's what is it's just basically so I'm. Um, uh... If you were stuck, if you were with your family out in the middle of suddenly got landed out in the middle of nowhere and you had to survive like, you know, kind of cavemen, if you found a little watering hole, I I know exactly what we do, Tom. We'd go, I know you're thirsty. I'll have it. And if I get sick, you know, not to drink out of this. If I'm all right, then you carry on. I'll just drink our own piss like Bear Grylls. (laughs) So yeah, that, that's just I can't look at it and make the the kid thing make any sense no, whatsoever. Me neither. And like we can look at like we can talk about this anecdotal evidence. We can talk about the women from the gym message me talking about the, their hormonal issues issues since the vaccine. We can talk about the you know the people losing babies. We can talk about the mums and dads who've been paralysed. I don't know a twenty-three-year-old lad who's paralysed on the left side of his body now from it. And there's loads of anecdotal evidence. 
forget that. Just look at the data that everyone can see on the internet that's relatable to everyone. We can all see it and it still doesn't make sense. It, it, it still isn't right. And like you said, we should all be looking at waiting because that is the common sense. That's what that's what makes sense. And that's what a logical person would do if they weren't swept up within the emotion of virtue signaling, the media, peer pressure from everyone they know, everybody else has had it, everybody's at works at works had it. Like imagine working for the NHS at the minute. Like I I'm really waiting to see what happens when um when, if, when they mandate it for the healthcare system in the UK, I'm ready to see a big walkout. I, I'm, I think there will be. And it won't just be the unvaccinated doctors and nurses. I'd, I'd, I'd guess that it's going to be vaccinated doctors, nurses, paramedics who are like, well, you can't sack everyone for not having it. I don't agree with it. Well, yeah, if, if this, again, every adult can make a decision for their, for themselves, but if you get sucked into a, vaccinated versus unvaccinated at any point you are just sleepwalking into a deliberately laid trap divide and conquer you talked about it red blue it's that's that's not that's not a fight worth having because principles like again and this is why the, the 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 childhood thing the kid vaccine thing can wake people up because you don't have to have a kid to look at that and go that doesn't make sense yeah. Whether you and whether you've got a kid or not, if enough people just said that doesn't make sense, and at the minute it's being offered, but the the worry I have is what what's going on at school, peer pressure, um, what they're being told. Yeah, and if they leave it, if they leave, it's a Gillick's competence, isn't it? And if they, if yeah. they leave it up to. The child to make the decision. Obviously, you, you know you you've just got to hope that people have got a deep, um, good connection and relationship with the children where they can be honest and open about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. I certainly have with my ten year old. Um. Where he's like, I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm not doing, and you know, it's it, it's probably time to have if you've got a child of that age, it's time to have this sort of conversation with them and start to tell them what what's really going on. Yeah. And you don't have to go crazy. No, no. You and I say, I've just said to mine, this is what I would like. I don't, I would like to wait. And I think that just wait is a good message for them. It's like, you're okay. And, and I've, I'm, and I'm trying to be an example in this one. I'm, I'm trying to eat better and exercise and get out in the sunshine when it, when it is shining well yeah and... Tim like you you know you bring you and your wife are members of the gym and you bring your kids in with you and train with them and it's absolutely like it's magic to see mate um you, you and Kate are both great examples of healthy strong human beings who look after themselves and take personal responsibility and ownership of your bodies um and if more parents did that children would would you know value their health more um and health isn't something you can inject it's not something you can protect with a mask or, or, you know, illnesses aren't things you can wash away with your hand on your from your hands. Obviously, well, you can actually, but you can't sanitize your way out of it. Um, so it's madness. Like the real message here, mate, and and coach coaching the positive. The real message should always be be healthy as fuck. Like, have you got any muscle mass? Does your dick go hard every morning? 
you know, are you in the sunlight? Are you lifting weights? Are you attracted to your missus or your partner? Do you, you know, these little, these signs that you've actually got some good things going on with your body. Like that's what's most important. And it's just been completely missed. And, and, and I, and I believe like my personal opinion, it's deliberate. Eat out to help out, close the gyms, stay in your house, all that shit. A sick, afraid population is way more easy to control than dudes who walk around with the tops off like Conor McGregor, fucking shredded or in shape at least, or, and or even self-confident. Who, or even who chat through this stuff in, in a pub on a Friday night. Exactly, mate. What's that? Male bonding. Powerful, that, isn't it? Separate, keep men together are stronger, aren't they? Men together communicate. Men together are stronger. It, male bonding is very powerful. It's the, it's the same in the gym. There's groups of lads in the classes, and it's, it's great. It's a great atmosphere. Separate people, alienate them, make them alone, like you felt as well, Tim. And we become... And give them just that one voice on the telly, the man on the telly. I mean, that's actually a phrase that uh, a friend of mine, her mum, says, oh, the man on the telly says... <laughs> <laughs> she does what she does because the man on the telly says. I've said that a few times. And only say the fat prick on telly, but you know, or paedophile, some nonce. Um, but that's another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But a bit, and and you know, I'm at the point now. I used to share shared loads of stuff on Facebook um or on Instagram or whatever, and I'd get a, f- a handful of messages back saying, oh, this happened, or, oh, that's made me think. But now, like, I'm at the point where it's like, if you don't see it by now, some dude who wears shorts for a living isn't going to, you know, wake you up. You you either see it now or you don't. Um, so I just speak to people who are like-minded and give them good information. Yeah. And other than that, people who come into my gym, I'm super positive with them. I, t- I try and support them the best I possibly can no matter what their views are, because that's all I can do. And that's their, that's my universe and my world that I can control. And one thing I want to say as well is like, if you are in a state of fear, you're looking at your phone, your phone or whatever, or the laptop, and you're like, fuck, this is really bad. Just close it or put it down and look outside and you see that nothing's changed. Nothing's changed you're actually absolutely fine right where you are at that point in time. And you're just like sucked into this fear and they want you to think that it's all going to shit and you should be terrified and it's really bad when really it's just a fucking illusion. Most of it's an illusion. It's smoke and mirrors. Look at America. Oh, he's mandated the jab. Actually, you can just test negative every week and go to work. They still don't have the power to mandate it in America. You don't have to have it to go to work. You can just take a like, test. It's a, and it's and for restaurants and stuff, it's not a law. So they're relying on private businesses restu- to make that private decision. businesses to, to make that call. And I'm not being funny, but if I was a restaurant owner, which is a very tough business and you know industry to work in, I'd really like money. So what I'd do is <laughs> I'd just fucking let anyone come in who can pay and who obviously acts, you know, with a certain etiquette in the restaurant. Yeah. Because money's, money's going to keep your lights on and keep your wait, waitresses and waiters paid and happy. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. 
put the phone down, look out the window, or go for a walk in a field yeah. and get that Marcus Aurelius meditations book and uh, just get uh, it on Audible. You know, get if it, you're going to get it on Audible, yeah, or whatever it is. I've just um, and I've done that instead of like listening to loads of shit, which I already know, like the amount of. I already know I've done enough digging now. And then every, every now and then someone will send me something, a bit of information or whatever from a good source, from a credible source. Yeah. Cause there is a danger that you just, in that confirmation bias, you spend all your time looking for people to confirm what you already know. Yeah, mate, you already know. And, it, and even if you saw something that was like a lie or propaganda from the media, it wouldn't change your mind. So stop going looking for it. But other than that, what I've done is um, just like, read stuff that I'm interested in again, sports, um, more CrossFit stuff, training, training methodology, stuff I really like, education, fucking Star Wars books. Like what am I listening to at the minute? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Andy, Andy Serkis has done a new version, audiobook version of the Lord of the Rings books. So I'm listening to them. It's like stuff like that. Just go, just do live your life still. Stop getting <clears throat> like sucked into the tractor beam of fear from the media. You can just live your life. You can waste your life. You can waste your point. life, yeah. And that's and that, and that's a little bit of you know where I've got to. And as much as you know, I've drawn my lines in the sand. Actually, that was the biggest relief when I drew those lines in the sand and I said, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing this. Yeah. And actually, it was a little bit of a weight off my shoulders. It's like, right, that decision's made. I know whatever happens. I'm not doing that. So I don't, I don't need to worry about that because that decision is already made. Yeah. And, you know, I, hopefully it, w- it wouldn't come to the point where that's happening, but it is coming to the point where <laughs> that is going to start affecting me, but I've already made that decision. I already know what I'm going to do. And that, that does free up a lot of time. But, you know, th- that said, I'm not, I'm far from perfect. And I, and I, I, I can doom scroll down my phone. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I sort of stepped away from it and then I got sent that um, interview with that funeral director but what I found that was like, instead of like going looking for more stuff or whatever, I was just like, right, that just confirms what I already knew. That already that confirms the Liverpool care plan thing I've been told about before, midazolam, um, and all that sort of stuff. Right, move on. Talk to a few people who I've already discussed it with in the past to to confirm it with them a bit, so they know it. Um, and then it's just like knowledge, like, and then that's it. I mean, there's no point in obsessing over it um, because it's happened. These people have, unfortunately, this horrible thing's happened. Um, but just to be aware of it, that's it. That's all you can do. Stop stressing about it again. Stop yep. feeling we, it twice. Feel it once. We control today and tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. So you're right. So, yeah, it's... So, and that's a good thing to focus on the, uh, the the Stoic lessons from Marcus Aurelius, the Daily Stoic. That's a great book. Um, daily meditation, um, anything like that. Like I think that meditation can be whatever you want it to be. Um, it can just be um, being present and acknowledging things that you do yourself. Like uh, like I do it. I do it all the time in coaching. Like I, I notice things that I do or don't do all the time and I'm like oh you treated that person that way um you treat this person this way why do you do it how can you be better how can you improve the what you've done there how can I help this person better that's my meditate that is one of my meditations that I have and it just helps me become a little bit more uh, self-aware 
Yeah. Um, one of the one of the ones I have, I read uh, I read a good little uh, analogy of, um, like we're basically saying we're wired, humans are wired for struggle. It's like that's how that's how we live. We're, it's meant to it's meant to hurt and be hard, and that's how that's where true like meaning and purpose comes from. And the the analogy is a tree, a tree that that doesn't get uh, hit by a strong wind falls down because it doesn't build up that that strength trees trees need wind to build up the resistance to it and uh and so again just just going back to it that's why i I don't want i don't want anyone to parent me I'm, i'm 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 a man and i'm responsible for myself and for my family so um, we're wired for struggle and whatever it is we can uh, we can cope and we can do it so don't yeah. look don't don't look to anyone else to to make you safe yeah no one no one's going to save you if you look into a politician or or the, whatever to save you if you're thinking oh the nhs will sort me out my heart's a bit dicky or oh, i'm 10 stone overweight it'll, you know it'll be all right i'll just get a gastric by, uh, band and fucking sort it out doesn't work like that like you have to take ownership of your own life and um, like the the obesity thing is is you know pun aside huge. Like that is the epitome of self responsibility being in control of your own fucking biology. Like and if you if you're not like this <laughs> sounds proper harsh, but you need to sort it out. Well, it, well, imagine if we mapped the situation we've got unfolding at the minute onto obesity, for example. Sorry, you can't, you can't. Oh, yeah. You can't eat here. Can't eat here. Your body fat's over 25%. You, you can't get medical treatment anymore because uh, you yeah. made some bad choices. Yeah. Yeah. We'd never, like, we'd never get, do that. We'd never, ever never. even contemplate doing that. Never. Nor should and, we. And, uh, you know, <laughs> heart conditions, obesity, you know, these things are the big Alcoholism, killer. smoking. Alcoholism. Yeah. If you, look at, if you look at the biggest killers on that list, it's obesity. It, it's that is the killer. That is what kills everyone. Being overweight, it's it leads to it leads off into everything else, and that's something you can ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time control. I've never met anyone who actually can't control their own body weight. There, there, there are like you know thyroid issues and things like that, hormonal. Yeah, but what I'm saying, yeah, but yeah, but like, generally you speaking, can't yeah. magically add 30 kilograms of mass to your body because your thyroid's playing up. I don't, yeah. in all my in my uh, eight years of dealing with hun- working with hundreds of people to try and make their body stronger and leaner and better and make them happier, I've never encountered it. What I have encountered though is if they stop drinking as much red wine, get more sleep, eat more whole foods, lift some weights, get happier, start shagging, get in the sunlight. I've seen the bodies drastically change and their lives massively improve. It's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> Alter that's alternate medicine though, Tim. That you're alternate medicine <laughs> if you say that. You're a fucking Reiki, Reiki fucking astrologist, healer burning fucking candles and stuff. No one said alternate medicine to you, have they? Yeah. What? Alternate medicine. This is like the, oh God, there's, there's so many like little analogies. Like you look at the, it's well known now. Oh, we don't want to overdo it with antibiotics. 
Mm. Because if if you do if you have too much antibiotics, that will uh, you'll get resistant you'll get a resistant um, sorry antibiotic resistant bacteria, which will make make us more sick. So actually, yeah. we need we need to focus on the stuff that that keeps you healthy before you need to take antibiotics. It's funny how we've not taken that approach with the vaccinations, mate. Well, there's a lot there's a lot of people that that warned uh, that it would have a similar effect if you did a mass vaccination during a pandemic. Yeah, including the developer of mRNA technology, Robert Malone. Yeah. He's a bloke who people should really be listening to and look, looking up at the minute, the guy who made the technology. But that's one big like thing that people don't understand is that it's not a normal vaccine. It's not a traditional vaccination. It's not made from a, a dead strand of the Robert disease. Robert Malone, is that the fella? Dr. Robert Malone, yeah. Yeah, he was on... Um, Dark Horse uh, podcast. No, he was on the Dark Horse podcast, but I was one the other day and um, uh, Jimmy Dore does a yeah. YouTube show and he's he's, uh, he's he's a comedian, basically. He's a, he's a bit like Joe Rogan, a little bit like Joe Rogan. So if you wanted to see... He's been uh, on Joe Rogan, Jimmy Dore. Yeah, Jimmy Dore's been on Joe Rogan, yeah. yeah. But Jimmy Dore has his own show and he's a bit like Joe Rogan and he had Robert Malone on the other day because Jimmy Dore is part of a control group of people and they're testing... Oh, yeah, it might be testing ivermectin and he's part of a group who's having... Ivermectin. Anyway, but he had Robert Malone on and in about 20 minutes, really in real, like, normal language, this guy who invented mRNA technology explains start to finish and he mentions another guy um Gert van den Bosch or something who yeah. who is 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 the fella who basically said before the mass vaccination rollout he said this if we do this it could have the effect that giving too many antibiotics has so yeah. and here's what and here's why and he said it and time will vindicate whether he was right or not but he's he's starting to look like he was on the money yeah yeah, and you've what you've got to remember is that no one's paying him to say this. He's not funded. He doesn't have any ties with, you know, the government the, media. Yeah. He's not funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We we watch all these. I, I that's the one thing I can't understand is how how can people not contemplate that conflicts of interest have an impact they've always had an impact yeah and we've got whole hollywood well, if movies you, if you want to relate if you want to get to get people to relate to it you look at like look at matt hancock and you you are those face mac mass contracts went out to it was his missus it was it his um mistress's brother Lo- local pub landlord his old university housemate and his old university housemate's husband yeah it's a boys club it's a gang it's a mob. It's a crew. Do you know what I mean? It's it's corrupt as fuck. There's there's many many you know conflicts of interest, and that's just on that level. That's just on the money level, the dirty money level. Mm. And and you know that stuff's put out there in the media by the media. Like it's it's stuff we're told about. It's stuff we were enraged with. You know, because that's another thing they do as well. They they make us decide what we're pissed off about, what we're happy about. You know, like when a an alpaca, yeah, the fuck alpaca. me, an alpaca, go away, and like um, you know, Matt Hancock bloody necking with his neck. Oh, isn't it weird? 
he went outside of his office where he sees a camera every time he goes in it and he started necking off with his whatever it was assistant are you fucking dumb it's all a distraction it's a complete distraction and they literally told you about it and now he's gone now he's out he's done his job he got the medazzle on him mad it's absolutely mad I'd love to fucking punch him <laughs> um, see that picture of him playing football <laughs> we see the pit, there's a picture of him playing football and he's about to he's not going to go for the header obviously but he's like ah, <laughs> wincing at this ball coming towards him shit house yeah that, that picture of him crying on the telly is the one laughing laughing it's a joke it's all a circus mate there was um, there was a clip from um, Sky the other day and um Boris is on a Zoom call with Biden or like whatever it is. And they've got the uh, Australian prime minister on and Biden forgets his name. And he's like, yeah, thanks, pal. Cheers. Like that, that fella from down under. Yeah. And Boris is, Boris is pissing himself laughing because he can tell that Biden's forgot his name. It's a circus. It's a joke. They're just, they're just scumbags. Scumbags. Well, uh, I think that it's different shades of different, it's different shades of shit. And, uh, and for that reason, again, I don't want them, I want them to have as little part in my life as possible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, certainly when it comes to my children, that's, that's my responsibility. Get away from them. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely agree with you, Tim. And I um I don't. I really don't understand how anyone with any sort of common sense could disagree with those sentiments and um, and that way of well, thinking. I, I think. I, I think, and I hope that that this is the this is the hill that a lot of people yeah will 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 die on because it's because yeah. parents that that's how you're wired. But what it needs is other people, people who've got all, older children or much younger children that aren't affected or don't have children at all to actually see that it doesn't make any sense and. Yeah, in, and there's another couple of things we can do, like we can pull our children out of that. And also those who are vaccinated and those who are unvaccinated as well, just stop this division. We're still people at the end of the day. Just because yeah. like, you know, you could look at it like a really unhealthy person. He's still a person. We still care for him. We still love him. We still want them to, to be happy. And, and we still want to help him like me in the gym. You know, many unhealthy people walk into the gym and that's what I'm here for to help them. Um, but when it comes to the point where it's like only vaccinated people are allowed in here, boycott that business. Well, Don't yeah, and, that and that's not and not and not boycott it. Yeah, every like vaccinated, unvaccinated. I don't care. I, I'm I'm not going anywhere that does that. Yeah, and it, and I'm not going, I, I'm not going anywhere. Tell that does them, that. I'll just say when you know. Well, sorry, like when we'd we'd hope that vaccinated people like when you get rid of this mandate for your business that only vaccinated people can enter will come back because obviously we don't, you know, there, there might be local business owners who are terrified and think that they have to do it, you know, and we just have to make them see that it's not, it's not going to be the way it's not the way. Well, they could, well, it, it won't be able to be brought in if people stand on that principle that we're, we're not going to segregate. Yeah. A few countries have done it reason. already. They have. Yeah. Yeah, a few countries have successfully fought back. Is it Russia, Italy? Uh, there's, a few, um, there's, there's a load. 
Uh, I think I think it's. Uh, I'm not sure about Italy. Oh, is Italy the other way now? I mean, Italy's the other way. They're going to bring it in for all private. You're not going to be able to work. Um, I just can't see that happening. Passionate, fiery Italian men. I'm not. And, and, that, and that's not. Uh, that's not work in the public sector. That's any work. Yeah, Austra- like, Australia. Australia. Uh, next, or is it? What's the, the 22nd? So it's like the middle of next week. Um, construction. All construction workers. Um, it's uh, they're not going to be allowed to work. It just doesn't make any sense, but we know that we, we've accepted that it doesn't make any sense. And uh, that's something to, we don't have to put our energy into, is it? No, 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 exactly. But, but in America, the, like the, the postal service have been exempted from it. And that's because enough people vaccinated or unvaccinated in the postal service said, that's not happening. If you do that, we're all walking out. Amen. And they stayed, they stayed unified and they had to create a workaround for them. So, yeah. That that's how um, that, that that's when it stops when enough people together don't get caught up in the divide and conquer. Or and, you're a member of Congress. Apparently, members of Congress and Biden's staff are all exempt from the vaccine mandate. Oh, the what the White House doesn't have it. Same with the House Commons in the UK. And I've seen I saw that into I saw that clip with the MP who um, confirms with the the Speaker or whatever it is that yeah they don't have to have a vaccine to work. <laughs> Which is fine at the minute because no one else does. But if that if that gets brought like the the the, the care the care thing is next week, isn't it? Or, is, that or, the, is that the care workers? Or is it next month? It's coming up anyway. The deadline for for care workers, the, the people that have um you know worked really really long hours. Some of them never went home just so they stayed in one place, not to put people at risk is on that really like care homes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, care homes on on really shit pay working. This one's been coming long for a while, hours. hasn't it? I think I remember. Yeah. I remember driving down the road. Um, where was I going to now? I think I was driving down south somewhere, and I saw a sign, um, like a motorway sign that said, "Remember, if you're a healthcare, you need to be vaccinated by this date." It's on the fucking motorway. <laughs> That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. And again, every adult, every adult can make that decision for themselves, but it shouldn't. I mean, I think it's even in the. Like, oh, I, might, I can't remember what, the, what it's called, but the UNESCO or something, the 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 bioethics, the the Treaty of Bioethics, which came about off the back of uh, what the Nazis did, the, the Treaty of Bioethics, and it says no one should face any negative consequence or prejudice for not taking part in any medical treatment that's that's the there in the in, code in the it's not the Nuremberg code but it's like the the the, the human rights charter yeah. that, that everyone signed up to and yeah. uh, and it says that there so it just i yeah just because it, it's that whole what i can't remember what that was niemoller or something he was a, a german fellow who wrote that poem First they came for the, oh yeah. First they came for the something, but I yeah, didn't. First speak they came up. for the Catholics, and I didn't, I didn't speak anything. up because I wasn't Catholic. And then the blah blah blah. But point being, eventually it will come. If you don't have principles, it, eventually it will it will come for you or people you care about. Yeah, and, it, and it'll be too late. So have have a principle, and the principle. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say that every adult should be able to make a decision for themselves on what medical treatment they get, and it, that shouldn't that shouldn't have a consequence on their ability to live, work and be free. That's that, that would a hundred percent of people would have agreed with that 18 months ago. Yeah. 
And hundred percent of people would have thought if you'd have asked them, is there any circumstances that you think that would change in mind? They go, no, that's just no. based it. Because at that point, vaccination was always a self defense thing. It was always defense for one person. Whereas it's been sort of like magically changed or in, in the public perception that vaccination is to protect others. It's not. And now it clearly doesn't do that been statistically proven but i think it, it might take another couple of years for all this to come out mainstream like the like the thalidomide effects it might take another three years or so um for all the, the stuff to, to really come out well just we've got you've got to draw you've got to decide what that line in the sand is because if it carries on at this pace what are we or aren't we going to be able to do yeah two I mean, years from now i think the who have already they've already started talking about another virus, Marburg virus or something like that, where it's like, yep, you'll need a jab for this one as well now. It's like, if people will just give up the medical freedoms for this one, which kills no one, like, you know, they'll do it again and again and again and again. And once you've got, once you've got people just accepting these medicines and treatments or whatever, like we're so easily controlled by that. Well, yeah. And the, um, What could a green pass or whatever? What could it become? If it could it could it become like they have in China, where they limit you? I, I, again, this sounds like bonkers stuff. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm saying draw your line in the sand now, so that it doesn't get to a, it doesn't go past where you're happy for it to go. Because could yeah. it be where they they limit your carbon uptake? <laughs> oh, your, well, yeah, that's the one, isn't it? They have the ability to open open or close your banking, um, take away your personal property stop yeah. your children from getting education or stop you from working all these things it sounds like black mirror stuff but elsewhere in the world it's it's, it's reality mate it's it reality. reality in china that's it um yeah and and, and, and that... Fr france you can't get on a train yeah you cannot get on a train and yeah. uh yeah Daggering. so draw draw, and... draw your line in the sand now and, and like i say I, I drew mine a long time ago and it was i'm not showing papers to get anywhere um, in my in my country, um, they're not touching my kids. Yeah, and that's it. Like a green pass doesn't protect anyone, mate. Because if you know, we we talked about this before. Like if you if you if we we know now, and it's proven. It's not conspiracy theory. It's not even anecdotal. It's not speculation. Like some of the things we've said. People who've got COVID, people who've been double vaccinated can give it easily, just as much as unvaccinated. So. Your viral when, load is this. Your viral load is the same. The same. You can so still when you, contract when you don't have and to transmit test, it. When you don't have to test to go somewhere, you can have it and pass it. So, it's an illusion. A safety. vaccine passport doesn't protect anyone. In fact, it makes people a bit more. If someone has got a high viral load and they are ill, you know they can go somewhere without even testing themselves. Or someone that might be vulnerable has a false sense of security and lets their guard down when actually they would be one of the people that would be better off um, taking, you know, making choices to, to, to look after themselves like they would with flu or whatever else. Yeah, absolutely. Madness, mate. I can't, but as I said at the start, can you, I just can't believe these, this is the actual conversation. These are like little timestamps, mate, where we're like, this is the this is where we're at at the minute. When we look back, hopefully, you know, we look back in, in the future and we're like, this is where we were at this point. Um, we, and I, I dread to think that we'd be looking back thinking, God, things were much better then. <laughs> like, Oh, mate, I cannot, well, I hope not. And I, 
when I have conversations, I'm like, I, I really, really cannot wait to be the laughing stock of my family at Christmas dinner sometime in a couple of years. Remember when Tim said this? I, I, I will, I will take all of the shit yeah. happily. Gladly, mate. Gladly, but the the conversations I'm having with my family are at the minute are all I told you so's, and it's shit. I'm not happy about being right. I'm not happy about these mad things coming true, but the you know the hit rates pretty high at the minute. But yeah, mate, thank you so much for your time, Tim. Uh, nice one, um, Tom. Yeah, it's been good to go over, and it's good to know that there are other real men out there who have got duty and you know do protect them, do want to protect the families and look after them. Um, and I I'm think sure there's a lot. There well, I'll tell you what, it's the... out there who feel like that, but they have yeah. to have the bollocks to say it out loud and. You know, I, I know men who are considering vaccinating the children to go on holiday, to go to America, and it's fucking shocking and need to take a look at themselves in the mirror. The, the mums are the ones, I reckon, Tom. Like you say, the strong men and strong dads, I reckon it's, it's the mums they don't want to mess with. And that, that's the, if, they, yeah. if they carry on down this line, they, they better watch out. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Wicked, Tim. Thank you very nice much one, for your Tom. time, mate. And uh, hopefully I'll see you later on in the box. Nice Thanks one, for buddy. listening, guys. Take care.